0: i'm a god well what if there is no problem? i'm a god there wasn't one today I got you, I got you, hello 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 and welcome to another episode of it's time to rewind a podcast stuck in its own time loop right along with the movies we discuss and this season we're taking a look at groundhog day after day after day after day, after day. i'm your host bubbleweed from flights tights and movie nights And in this episode, we're discussing Phil's 28th Groundhog Day that starts at 66 minutes and 8 seconds with Phil declaring that he's a god and ends at 74 minutes and 55 seconds with Rita asking Phil if he said something, then they both say goodnight to each other. Today, my guest is Robert Black from the Groundhog Day Project, as well as Annihilation Minute. How are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great. Well,
0: I'm... Really glad that that you agreed to come on here because uh, for people that don't know the Groundhog Day project, uh, well, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about your Groundhog Day project.
1: Yeah, the Groundhog Day project was a blog that the first year was 365 days of me watching the movie Groundhog Day and writing basically about whatever kind of came up And that got me obsessed with time loops. I watched other time loop movies and TV episodes. And then I continued the blog for another three years worth of entries with uh, still going back to Groundhog Day at least once a month. And so, yeah, I've watched this movie many, somewhere over 450 times. I don't know the exact number because I don't know how many times I'd watched it between 93 and the beginning of my blog.
0: That is pretty crazy. I, I mean, I know that... This minute-by-minute minute format um, involves breaking it down and watching a movie many, many times. Like I, I've watched each loop many, many times so far, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've even hit you know well over a hundred doing it this way. And that just kind of blows my mind. I, I mean, what what was it about Groundhog Day that that made you choose that movie? Um, well, it was a couple of things.
1: Uh, a guy had done a blog a uh, year or two before that. I think it was called Julia and Julia. No, Lawrence and Julia and Julia, where he on a whim, uh, he was a college student one night, turned on Julia and Julia and then wrote about it. And then he kept doing it. And it got really bizarre because he didn't like the movie. <laughs> and but then he kind of did the more he watched it and the more he watched it. And he eventually it got covered in entertainment weekly even. And I'm like, that's not a good movie for that format and my immediate impulse was groundhog day would be great for that because it's like that repetition of doing it over and over and right before it would my blog started on august 2nd so it was six months before the holiday i a week before that there was a screening of groundhog day in old town pasadena not far from where i live like where they projected up on a wall over this courtyard and you could sit there and watch it and i'm sitting there during the movie thinking. I could totally break this down and just go over and over and talk about this. And, talk, and I'm thinking of things I could do with it. And the next morning, I registered GroundhogDayProject.com. I opened up the blogger and set up a thing for it because I already had an account there and like was pre- preparing all this stuff. And a week later,
0: I started it. That's pretty, pretty impressive to to start that and then stick with it. But, uh, you oh, know, yeah.
1: I didn't even necessarily know I'd go for a year when I started, but it was almost immediate that I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I, I was like, I could finish on the holiday and it'd be six months. That's fine. And then before I got anywhere near that, I was determined to do a whole year. And then by the end of the year, I'd wanted to keep writing.
0: Um, and then what if you could pick out something like what would you say is like the most surprising thing that you learned about the movie through this project?
1: That that's actually hard to answer because the best thing about it is even after that first year, almost every time I'd watch it, I'd notice something new, and sometimes it'd be minor stuff like, for a long time I didn't realize there's a piano at the bed and breakfast, and then I saw it one day. I'm like, oh, so he has somewhere he could practice. Okay, fine. And it, it just put a whole nother level to like how long he might have been in there or how long he might not have, because I usually go very minimum on day count and. It's things like that or the way characters interact with each other, especially once I had different copies of the script or different drafts of the script. Most of the characters have names and you don't know it. Like even the three old ladies are Ruby, Sarah and Gertie. Like Mrs. Lancaster's first name is Florence. Um, His date at the movie theater is named Lorraine. Like they all have names. And I love that because in a script where it doesn't – it sometimes I complain about that. Another (laughs) podcast I did, Mandy Sucks Minute, I complained constantly that none of the characters had names (laughs) because in the credits, they have names. I'm like, no, no one ever said those. They
0: don't count. (laughs) But in this one, it was like this extra little thing that made it fun. And I I think that actually is a perfect – Jumping point into today's loop, because that that was one of the things that I was going to bring up, especially about this, because he's at the Tip Top Cafe and he has the moment where he's talking to all the the various uh, people that like the waitresses and uh, some of the patrons and, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of them that we had seen earlier in the movie, but then other ones we hadn't. And I yeah. feel like that's a really important moments that, like a movie moment that does show that this this film isn't just populated with background set dressing as people for the extras but each of these people here have a name they have a story
1: and in this particular scene a lot of these extras have also been seen in other scenes Mm -hmm. like even the old man behind at the booth behind him when he sits down with rita at the end of this segment in the in the cafe that old man's out at uh gobbler's knob one of one of my least favorite background characters in the movie credited as the bachelor on imdb is also in the scene he's over waiting to get a table and i always got annoyed with him because he dances in front of the camera several times at the (laughs) banquet at the end there there's yeah you you have these characters not just ones we know already or ones we will know later but ones that especially from my way of looking at it, seeing it over and over is I'm like, Oh, I've seen that guy before. He was out at the, he was there when he was ice sculpting and I, like recognize different people that I wish I could identify some of those people that aren't like, don't have lines. Cause I went to Woodstock and like, I could have tried to meet some of them or something, but
0: I, I kind of wish that I had started this podcast sooner because I, I used to live, you know, just earlier this year just a few towns away from Woodstock in, in the Chicago nice. suburbs. And and my first guest was someone who he lived also in the Chicago suburbs and his wife's family actually does live in Woodstock. So he spends a lot of time there, including when when this movie was filmed. Nice. But yeah, I, I didn't. You know, start digging into this until I moved to the Atlanta area, which I feel was kind of a, a missed opportunity. Like I visited yeah. Woodstock once, but I, I've never really visited it with this movie in mind, right? And yeah, I, I didn't look into, uh, you know, the the actors playing the the diner patrons very much, but I I think it's always worth mentioning, and I think most people usually do mention the the two names that are two actors that have gone on to become bigger stars. And that that's of course the couple that just got engaged, Debbie and Fred. Yeah. And they're played by Hendon Walsh and Michael Shannon. Who, yep. uh, they, they both actually tie into my, my other blog very well because they, they both are, I think best known for their superhero roles. Uh, Michael Shannon played General Zod in The Man of Steel, and then yeah. Hinden Walsh. I, I think one of her best-known voices is Starfire from Teen Titans. Ah, yeah, yeah. And she's also done a, plenty of other voice, uh, voiceover work. Uh, but this is one of her uh, handful of live-action roles that she did. One other thing that I, I think is interesting in terms of Phil getting to know these extras is that it? it's a bit of a one-sided in intimacy. Yes. Because he's able to take the time to learn everything that he wants to about all of these people, mm-hmm. but they don't really know anything about him. They they might on the day, but then the next day that that all just goes away.
1: Well, that's a time loop thing always. You'll get mm-hmm. that in every one of the things you'll watch for the show is there? there's... It's always mismatch, and it's why there's always – well, I shouldn't say always. Usually that adolescent phase where they play around with it, like him picking up Nancy, Mm -hmm. is because they have information that other people don't have or don't know they have, and they can use that. And then at this point, he's not using it. He's trying to impress Rita – or not impress, but trying to convince Rita – Right. And so it's useful, but he's not doing it at the like at the expense of these characters.
0: There's always a lot of repetition in time loop movies, of course. <laughs> and, yes. and I think that this has a few interesting, you know, moments of not not just repetition, but also like mirroring uh, because this is the fourth time that we've visited the Tip Top Cafe in this film. And, um, do you know what, uh, what happened the first time that he visited the Tip Top Cafe? Well, the first time is when he got too much food, right? Uh, actually, actually it was before that. It was when he told oh, Rita Oh, when he just didn't want was to do in... the
1: recording, yeah.
0: Yeah. And he told Rita that, you know, he's done this before. He tried to convince her then, back in like day three, that three or four, that he is living a time loop. But in that instance, she just told him that he needs to go get his head checked, which he yeah. immediately does. Mm-hmm. And this time it plays out differently, even though it's... Oh, a lot.
1: Well, and as we, get to, as we get to the end of this day as well, you get the second of three times, not counting the slap montage, that Rita is in his room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I kind of like, it's a little uneven time-wise, but I kind of think it is, those are almost the ends of the three acts of the film, is when she's in his room and how that goes tells you how the
0: story is progressing. You know, he, during the, the first time, whenever he was trying to go through the first date, I feel like that the things that, the information that he was getting from Rita was very... Surface level, it was like things that she likes, things that he thought that he could use to get her on, on a more intimate level, physically. Yeah. But mo- I feel like most of the things that he mentions this time of things that he's learned about her are on a more deeper personal level. Yes, definitely,
1: and th- they're they're more they're deeper.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they they represent him getting to know her on a more personal level rather than just the the surface level. And and I yeah. think that really represents the beginning of a change in him uh personally.
1: Yeah, and he's he's also he's not trying to get her to his bed. That's where she ends up. But he's not that's not what he's going for here, and that makes it better.
0: Yeah, and he's very self-deprecating as well because the first time around he was very narcissistic like everything that he mentioned about himself was to build himself up but now like he says that he's not that smart and Mm -hmm. he mentions that he was a jerk yep well which which i think
1: here him calling himself a jerk and her saying no is a turning point in his story as well because she's now spent more time with time
0: loop phil than she may have ever spent with phil yeah and and that brings up something that i was kind of curious about especially to get your perspective yeah do you think that phil and rita first met the on february 1st or do you think that she worked in the in the studio before they just never directly worked together I, I think the
1: movie suggests she's new, but you're not sending a producer out into the field. Well, she could have worked at a different station. I suppose mm. I, I've read other versions, like even the original version of the script. She's not the new one. She's like an old producer and it's, it's a different dynamic between the two of them. And now I think the idea is, yes, yeah, she's new, but I don't get the impression that she doesn't work there. It, like he knows, um, I want to say Kevin, but that's not it.
0: Yeah, I, I went back and, and like uh, refresh myself with him yeah. first meeting, and I, he does. Um, I don't remember the his replacement uh, weatherman well, name either.
1: Right, but he's also saying like she's a he hears she's a really good producer, and the, like he could have heard that from like she got hired from some other station, like maybe she's new to the Pittsburgh station, but I. I never thought so. I always thought it was like she's been working at this station. This is her first time working with Phil.
0: Yeah. So he had seen her
1: before, but maybe they hadn't interacted.
0: Yeah. He says um, he does specifically mention that Phil hasn't worked with her yet. Yeah. But uh, Phil knew that Phil also knew that she was fun. So (laughs) she he knew about her. And I, I think watching this made me think that she isn't brand new to the station that she has worked in the station. She just didn't work directly with Phil. She had worked like in a different department. And then yeah. this is her being promoted to produce. Well, like she didn't work on the morning show before. Right. So, but, yeah. And also like, um, whenever he says that you want to be a producer, but not just for channel eight. And she's like, well, everybody knows that. Yeah. And I I read that line as, like, everybody in the station knows that about her, Mm -hmm. which I I think that really shows that she does that she has worked at the station a while enough for that so that everybody there knows that about her.
1: Which could be why she's now working on the morning show and going out as a field producer is she took on this new part of the job because she's ambitious and wants to go further, whereas... He has a different kind of ambition. He thinks he's better than his job, but it doesn't seem like he's making much effort to do better.
0: And, And also, whenever he's talking, you know, whenever they're talking in bed and he's talking to her while she's falling asleep, and he mentions that, you know, he knew from the first moment that he saw her that he wanted to hold her forever. Which mm-hmm. at, at this point in the movie, it's, it's like a very sweet romantic line. Yeah. And, and again, putting that into context that's at least my theory here that she has worked at the studio. I feel like that, that fits with my theory to where, you know, he first saw her in the studio, like, you know, maybe several months ago. Maybe. And... Yeah. Although that first
1: time he sees her in the movie is really nice, though. Her being all silly in front of the blue screen, like she's... If that newness of her is really evident there and it would draw his attention, so...
0: What I don't like about that, though, is because he's so immediately dismissive of her in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like to think that, you know, maybe he noticed her a few months ago maybe. and he had that... She just, like, caught his eye. But then, as he learned more about her, he thought, well, you know, she's not my... She would never go out with me, because she's a nice... She's too nice for me. But he's still, like, in the back of his mind, he was still attracted to her. But he had already dismissed the fact that she would never be with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which especially comes from Rita, as we see her in the movie, because the her character in like this original script is this gruff producer that's been around a bit, and then the other character she gets combined with Tess has also seems like she's seen some stuff. She's like very like street smart, a little world weary, and I think this sort of naive version is a more interesting character for us to see him going after it's because it's both really obvious and it makes sense yeah this is a rita could be bad but
0: it works yeah this is a rita that spent 12 years in catholic school
1: yeah but i mean he needs someone who is as he as he calls her new he needs someone who still looks at the world and gets excited by it yeah because that's not him
0: one other thing that that i noticed is phil is very except for just a couple moments, he's very soft-spoken in this day. Like, he's very matter-of-fact. And I'm curious, do you think that this is the first time that he's done this day, or if he's done this specific day multiple times already? Huh. It's
1: interesting, because his tone suggests... He has settled down already and has kind of come to terms with what's going on, which Mm. doesn't feel like the day after he just killed himself. Because in the movie, this is right after he we just saw his dead body. Right. As I said, I try to go. I usually go minimum on day count. But, yeah, there's room here for a lot more tries at this. And I think also it doesn't have to be and It sort of doesn't matter in a way because the tone is what matters Mm. and the fact that he is. He's given up on dying. He's given up on trying to, like, get everything he can get out of this day. But he just wants someone to talk to about it.
0: Yeah, I I feel like this is, like, a a different type of rehearsed to where Mm -hmm. he's, uh, like you said, he's accepted that what he's doing during the day is not going to make any difference. Like, he knows that he's going to wake up tomorrow. It's going to be reset. But he's still going to enjoy this day as many times as he can with the, this quiet resignation that it's still not going to it's still not going to change anything, and he's not excited by it anymore. But he's still enjoying it.
1: It's like you'll get to it later, but it's like him at the dance. He has this tone where, like, he knows what's going to happen. It might go differently. It might not. It doesn't matter anymore. What matters is that he's enjoying it, and he likes these people now, and he likes Rita now, whether or not he did before. I I think we can assume he's being honest about the first time he saw her because he says it while she's sleeping, and yet in film terms, that that feels like truth. Right. But also, he's been mean to her along the way, and that's who he is. He belittles people when he wants to feel good about himself. Now he doesn't care about feeling good about himself.
0: Even though there is that one brief moment where his sarcastic humor still jumps out for a second whenever. And and I think that this entire like, uh, you know, three or four sentences in the conversation is an interesting back and forth. Whenever he's talking about, you know, he says that he's killed himself so many times, he shouldn't even exist exist anymore. anymore. Yeah. And then she's like, you know, maybe this is a positive thing. And then he Mm -hmm. goes, gosh, you're such an upbeat lady. (laughs) Like that, just that, that's old, basically old Phil peeking his head out, (laughs) peeking Uh his head out to see his shadow, as, as it were. Tonally, yes, but I think he means it yeah I, I do think like, he means it but it, it's sees something in it that
1: he wants
0: but he I think better. it's also like him taking a slight dig at her because he's just like you know I just told you something very vulnerable about me about mm-hmm. how I've been down so low that I've killed myself so many times and you just completely ignore that fact and try to spin it in a positive way so I, I think that there's a l- like just a little bit of like, really, you're just going to ignore that and just gloss over it.
1: Well, yeah, it's like when he got her to the tip top, I guess would be the third time where she's like, what the world's ending tomorrow, you know, and she just wants to know where to put the camera. Mm. And in this case, maybe in a very unusual way, because what he just told her, that's huge. Like, yeah, the day repeats every day and I know everything. Well, it could be okay. Like she doesn't she it it's both too big for her to understand and I think she has a better understanding of it than a lot of the other characters would.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I can at least forgive her a little bit because jumping back to the beginning, he did start the conversation mentioning that, that he's been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, <laughs> electrocuted, burned and burned. Yeah. And, you know, he mentions and, and I thought that this was interesting and, and actually a little bit dark if you actually look into it, because, you know, she she talks about, you know, you survived a car wreck. And he's like, I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't blown up yesterday, <laughs> which that is one of only two specific references to things that ha- that we actually saw. That we've in have seen. The yeah. And but if you if you break that sentence apart that implies that whenever the car crashed, you know, it didn't blow up right away. So that means that he survived the initial crash <laughs> enough to know that the car blew up afterwards.
1: Yeah. It's also nice phrasing because it's like the I wasn't born yesterday is the, the reference. But that means that somehow he was, I don't mean to use this term, but it makes sense, born again when he blew up. He was then a different kind of version of Phil that kept wanting to die. And now he's in this scene, we're seeing him turn into something else. So he's sort of blowing up in a different way by getting everyone's attention.
0: And you know, I, I know that this has been um, mentioned in, in other in other places, but the the various ways that he mentions that he's died, the mm-hmm. majority of those, at least the way that he says them, they don't necessarily feel self inflicted, but do you think that these are? That's all, correct. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that it's, these are him just rephrasing self inflicted wounds, or do you think that he's gotten in a situation where he's had other people inflict these these deaths on onto him? It could be a little of both. I mean,
1: the way he interacts with people, he could have pissed someone off lo- enough that they shot him, or elect- like, or burned him. But also, he might think of the different versions of himself as different people. Like, it wasn't him who he is today that electrocuted him. It was him that day he got in the bathtub and didn't want to live. And it's like it's a whole other person other than who he is. And so it's sort of a distancing measure, maybe.
0: Yeah, and and I can see that, that he doesn't feel like he's depressed Phil anymore. He's moved on to, or at least he's on the way towards acceptance. Phil, if, yeah. if you go back to the uh, uh, the five stages of grief, right? Where he just you know spent a lot of time in depression, mm-hmm. and then he's moving into acceptance here. But then, since
1: those five like stages of grief don't always go in order, the rest of the movie is kind of him rebargaining who he is because. Like, now what does he do? This He has a really good day here in this segment. He hangs out with Rita until after midnight. And then what's he going to do tomorrow? He can't just keep doing this. So he needs to find what now fulfills him when he got over all the fun stuff. And that that that's why this movie works and other time loops work. is Because they often come to that same point. As this person who's kind of bad has to figure out how to be nice.
0: Right, or... Either that or they they have to figure out what's what's trapping them in the loop. Well yeah, when it's more of a that. science fiction <laughs> angle, they gotta
1: Yeah, break the time
0: loop. Fortunately we didn't get that with this one. Yeah, and, and I always appreciate that. And in general, I I haven't really thought about this too much, but I think this is uh, especially so far, one of my top two or three days that he's experienced. Hmm. Yeah. I I do think that this one, I think this one, and then the the groundhog car chase so far are my two favorites. Nice. Yes. Like from your perspective, not yeah. As as a viewer, okay. I
1: was thinking like days he would enjoy most. I'm like, could be a few other ones <laughs> in there. You know, going to the movie dressed as Clint Eastwood, then in a fancy car—that's pretty good day. Yeah. But yeah, for, as a viewer, no, this this one it. It kind of has to be one of your favorites because this is sort of point. This is where the movie becomes what it's going to be.
0: Yeah, and and I mentioned this uh, whenever I was talking with Sean and um, uh, Phil's first date with Rita. Mm-hmm. That in terms of the time loop structure, it wasn't just about you know Phil trying to date Rita, but it it was also about making the audience start to fall in love with Rita the way that Phil is. Yeah. And I think that that section of the movie was, was about making the audience fall in love with Rita. And then this loop specifically is about making the audience fall in love with Phil and Rita's relationship.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, watching the movie over and over, there were times when I was annoyed with Rita she can be really condescending and rude, like him, just without the sarcasm and in this moment, you have to like her, you know the whole science science experiment side of it works, and it makes it fun, and it it is much better than them i mean I was gonna say going to bed together, but they do go to bed together, they just sleep, and so it's better that way
0: yeah and and while they're laying in bed, you know he's flipping through the, uh, poems for every mood. And, yes. and I don't, I don't often do a lot of deep research for this. I <laughs> like most of my research is just watching, watching the loop over and over. And, you know, I, I listened to the entirety of groundhog minutes and, and I have, you know, b- browsed your blog here, here and there yeah, uh, I, haven't done, <laughs> yeah I, I haven't done this book. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of deep diving just because it's it's a little hard to navigate because it, it is more of a free flowing blog which yeah. You know, I I do I appreciate that and that it makes sense, but it it is hard to navigate as much for research purposes unless like I'm looking for a specific thing. Start at
1: day 364. I believe it's that one because it's there are recaps every sixty or so entries, and so they link to each other the recaps, and then that'll tell you what each entry is about.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll keep that in mind, even though I'm, uh, you know, nearing the end here, um, but I I might still
1: still like the books he's reading that. when he's sitting at the counter later, and here's the the music.
0: Uh, I'll but, look those I, up. <laughs> but I did do a little bit of research. I looked up poems for every mood mm-hmm. because it is an actual book of poetry from 1933. And it's a collection of basically a lot of famous poets from, um, from that time, uh, all collected together. Like it's got James Joyce, William, it's got sonnets from William Shakespeare, And and I did uh, check it out through the the Internet's Archive online library. Nice. And I glanced through it, and you know he does mention the uh, only God can make a tree, which absolutely is not not in this book whatsoever. (laughs) But I do think that there is some stuff in this book that's worth mentioning. And I I almost, like, if I could do a, you know, a rewrite, I feel like that the poem that he should have referenced, which is in the book, is um, Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost. Nice. Because, yeah. it, and especially with the repetition, and that's, I, I think that's one that a lot of people would know, but I love that the last two lines are, and miles to go before I sleep. And miles to go before I sleep. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm wondering if at some point that might have been the reference they were going to use, and the Frost uh, Estate wasn't as nice as the much um, named Gilmer Estate. Kilmer Estate, yeah, Kilmer. Because they they have to reference this poem, even though the poem's not in the movie, they have to put it in the credits at the end. And so maybe they couldn't get permission, but that seems weird.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't think so. It, it's uh, it should be in public domain, I would think.
1: Uh, it might not be, because Frost was famous while he was alive, so his family might have held on to it for a while. But I don't know. I don't I don't like one other reason I found once where people thought the whole point of this reference to Only God Can Make a Tree is bringing God into the movie, and I don't think we need God in the movie. Yeah.
0: Because
1: it, it makes it too specific.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that's... Um, that's necessary. Even either, either, even though we we do also like I, I, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Rita mentions that she spent twelve years in Catholic school. Yes. Uh, but a few other things that that I did want to bring up that I noticed in the book because, you know, we can see that he's fairly early. Like he, it looks like he might be in just the first few pages of the book. Yeah. And some of the first. Uh, poems in there are actually lullabies Um, there's golden slumbers kiss your eyes by thomas decker uh, lullaby from the princess by alfred lord tennyson and lullaby by leone adams and i thought that that was interesting that that was that that would be very appropriate poems to be reading in bed yeah Uh, and then just a, a few pages later one of the next poems is nuptial by Laura Lee Bird, <laughs> and then also I I think a lot of the chapters I think are very appropriate to this movie in general, not necessarily with this section specifically. I mean, some of them are, but there's chapters uh, titled "The Joy of Living," "The Music of Humanity," hmm. um, "Magic and Enchantment," which that one is a little bit of a stretch with just the magic of the time loop in general, Uh, art and beauty, memory and desire, which I I think that one is, is very appropriate, especially I've, I've brought up several times that Phil has a very good memory because that's the only thing that he carries with him from day to day.
1: Yeah. And the movie establishes that right away Mm -hmm. because he, he recognizes the radio show and knows what they're going to say.
0: You know, we just got out of the dark hours and hmm. earlier there was I, the, the comedy it, it, of love. You're
1: listing these parts and it makes me think two things at the same time. One, maybe this book is in the movie because it belonged to like Danny Rubin or Harold Ramis. Or two, maybe it's just that poetry collections with lots of different authors are going to try to be universal about like the human experience hmm. like the movie is being. And so it's going to have a lot of those same parts because that's what you go through
0: in life yeah and and you go through love's tragedy the triumph of love the door of death the life beyond life which i, I like that one a lot too nice. especially with within the context of this movie and then the last chapter is peace nice and i just like i i love i love the poetry of those those chapters and how Mm -hmm. well they they tied into sections of the movie and and i just i really wanted to point that out
1: no it's good yeah it it goes to like this the thing i always liked about this movie is different religious groups will see this movie as representing them like jew a rabbi is like this is a jewish film because blah 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 or this is a whatever like and it's all true like they're all right yeah because you can see yourself in this story because the story. I, I was taking a film class during this blog when I was doing it was in the first year of the blog, and the teacher was like talking about classic Hollywood cinema and the way the story is always linear. And I mentioned Groundhog Day. He's like, "Well, that's certainly not linear." I'm like, "No, it's absolutely linear. It's just only linear for Phil."
0: Yeah,
1: like the loop is happening and everything else is repeating, but he has to go through life. Day by day, he still has
0: to figure out the same things we all got to figure out. Yeah, and, and I, I think great, great art is generally like a mirror. You get mm-hmm. you yes. get out of it what you put into it, and yeah. you, and you can see yourself in the movie or the the story or TV show or artwork, whatever it is.
1: Which which is why this movie is still so well known and popular. I mean, even with when I teach like high school students, I'm like, "Who's heard of that?" And it, I still I still get a few hands. I'm like, "Okay, good. The rest of you go watch it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a reason why I I feel like you know the a large number of time loop movies made after 2000 references Groundhog Day at some mm-hmm.
1: point. Yep. You have to, you got to acknowledge it or you got to acknowledge the star Trek next generation episode. Yeah. Cause they're the ones that all the nerds in the nineties knew.
0: <laughs> I, I know you mentioned um, that you don't always like to put numbers on it, but that right. that is something that, that I have been asking everybody and, and, and two different chunks. But first off, like at the beginning, like where Phil is at this loop, uh, if you did have to put a number on it, how long do you think that he's been uh, in Groundhog Day as of right now?
1: I think there is, if you want to really get into it, there's stuff we haven't seen. He could have met these people and hung out with them on the days of where he was trying to have date night with Rita. So all of this, he could have met all these people then. But we missed multiple deaths. So that's definitely, I think it's four different Deaths that we don't – can't fit to what he says. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so there's at least four other days. I assume – one of my problems with when people put days on it is we don't know what Phil's capable of at the beginning of the film. Right. We don't know if he knows any French, not that he learns any French in the film. He quotes a Belgian song, but – We don't know whether he actually knew how to play the piano at some point. I mean, a lot of people take piano lessons when they're a kid. If you haven't played even in decades, it's probably easier to pick it up again if you learned it once before. And a lot of this stuff could come from what he could do. He might also be good with the piano because he's good. Like, as we've said, his memory is great, which the movie tells us on day two or loop two, Mm -hmm. because he recognizes that radio program immediately and he quotes it. Like The movie is letting us know this is a guy who's paying attention to what's around him. So a lot of this even finding out about – we saw him mask stuff about Nancy, but finding out about Alice or any of these other people in the diner could have happened whenever. So I think what matters more is how many uh, – is the rest of the film after this I think is where there's room for a lot of extra days because uh, you asked me before we were recording. Maybe you're going to get to this question about the old man mm. where – we only see him try to save him like twice, but the impression in the film is that is a huge moment in the film, and it matters to us in the audience when we feel bad. And it it was really it was weirdly funny when I saw this movie in Woodstock, because there was a kid in the audience that clearly had never seen the film, and when Phil calls the guy dad, he's like, "Wait, that's his dad," <laughs> and the kid got so upset, and I was like, "No, no, it's not his dad," but it it, it made it personal. And for that kid and for people in the audience, like it it matters that Phil calls him that. I don't know why Phil calls him that exactly, but it matters that he does. And so I think when it comes down to the day count, what matters is the rest of it. Cause we don't want to, I don't want to think about how long he was depressed and killing himself. I don't want to imagine that he was taking advantage, even though I did blog entries entirely about (laughs) this. I don't want to imagine that he went out and had, sex with as many women in the town as he could and in the musical of groundhog day he mentions that that he had sex with all the women from age 18 to 80 i think it's 18 to 83 is the the line and one dude when he was bored and that's fine if he does all that but i don't want to think about that because that's almost worse than the depression part Mm -hmm. because it's empty Him going out with Nancy is funny because it's singular. Him going out with Lorraine and they're dressed up in costumes is funny because it's singular. If we start putting like people that are like, he's in there for 40 years, I'm like, that's depressing. He's in there for 10,000 years. That's even worse. That means when the loop is over, he won't be able to live. Normal life will suck. He won't know what happens. He won't be able to interact with people properly anymore. And I don't want that. I want a happy ending. Yeah. In a good time loop movie, it doesn't matter because – that linear journey is what matters.
0: Yeah, I I can appreciate that. Personally, I'm more of a I I tend to be more of a statistics oriented type of person in uh, at least certain areas. So mm-hmm. I, I I I won't do it now, but I I will, you know, be going through all the statistics that I've collected and, you know, nice. my analysis of how how long i feel like uh he spent during each each of these sections yeah which in like just loosely i'll say that you know i think most days that we see after the first few um i think for about each day we see there's probably anywhere between five and thirty days that we don't see
1: yeah maybe some some of them am um, i don't even remember the name now One of the people that had a popular – I think it was a YouTube video about it, so everyone always quoted their their number, put like his little bank robbery as something that would take like two weeks to prep. And I'm like, no, the movie has told us he has a really good memory. It would take him like a day where he probably got hit by that car and was in pain all day. He didn't get killed or we'd know that because it would affect the overall story. But I assume that took some trial and error, but it didn't take weeks. He's good at this. That's It's an important thing for his character. Because yeah. as you said, his memory is what he can keep with him.
0: Yeah, and, and he's also, um especially during the first half of the movie, um, he likes to take shortcuts rather than, you know, go through the whole entire process. Yep. Uh, because we see that with Nancy. Rather than, yeah. you know, actually getting to know Nancy and building a relationship that way, he just takes the shortcut of pretending like they knew each other in high school.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, but even that shortcut, coming up with those three questions to ask her, he probably thought about that all day. He's probably looking around, being like, OK, who am I going to talk to and what am I going to say? And that that takes effort because he's he's smart. He knows things. This isn't some like idiot who can barely get along and then get stuck in a loop. That wouldn't be as fun a movie. Actually, I've seen some like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, And then there there was one other thing that I wanted to ask you um I, I realized that i skipped this in my notes uh okay but i i think it, it is uh i'm i am curious about because you know i i feel like he's repeated this day several times he feels very rehearsed at times but what do you think it is about this day that makes phil decide to move on
1: i think it's the second half of this day I think if any, if he rehearsed any
0: of this, it's the diner. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I especially think that the diner, because he, he, like, he never looks at his watch, but he still knows in five seconds. And I feel like that uh, because of that, that timing, like he knows how the conversation has gone and he, Mm -hmm. he's timing it based on the beats of the conversation that he's already gone through.
1: And he knows where there's an empty booth. And so as they're talking to people, he's walking toward that booth so they can sit down for the end of the conversation. But once they're at that conversation, I think this is the only time it happens. Because I think maybe it's the music. Maybe it's just the writing, and especially when she falls asleep and he has his little monologue. It feels genuine. And we don't expect genuine from him. He's always genuine, but his sort of genuine is not nice. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so we don't expect it. And so I feel like the rest of this day is the only time this has ever happened and he hasn't had that in a while whether it's 4 weeks like I say at the minimum count or whether it's already been a year he it's new doing something unique and especially doing it with Rita where she knew what was happening and stayed with him yep and so it it changes it
0: personally I I'm I'm very close to to your thoughts I do think that it's something that happens whenever they're in the room together that's new but I do mm-hmm. think that he has gotten her into the room before. Oh, totally. Um, like in, in this in this way like in... I don't think on this day he has because because perso- I mean there there's certain moments like like the way that she expects him one of them to disappear at midnight. Mhm. I, I think if you look at the way that he reacts to that, and you know what he says afterwards, I feel like that that is again that's kind of a rehearsed uh, could be yeah thing. But I I think personally, I think it boils down to one moment and one line, and and you didn't mention it like the whenever he's talking to her while she's asleep. Yeah, and I I think especially one specific line is whenever he says. I don't deserve someone like you. Right. And I think that that line specifically is his own impetus to, to think to himself, well, how can I deserve her? Well,
1: yeah, the rest of that line is, but if I ever could, it's like, this is the moment where he's wondering maybe like, what do I do that? I'd be someone who could deserve someone good. Or anyone for that matter. Right.
0: And and personally I think that 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 moment right there, I think that he's, you know, gotten to that point in general, but he's never had that specific moment yeah. before today. And that is what causes him to change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then tomorrow he changes the morning so much that this day's never gonna happen like this again. Yeah, because now he's got new things to do and he knows what those things are already because he's been in this town for a while. He knows who gets hurt. He knows what well, it's once he with the old man that he sees the kid in the hospital. But like he knows what's going to happen. He knows the old ladies are there. He's seen all this stuff before. He's probably I imagine he's been to the banquet a few times that he's ended up there and, and been really cynical about it and hated it the whole time until now. Yeah, of course, then I wonder if. Buster always oh, died when he choked on his food, which would have made the banquet very somber. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can imagine that. That's... I guess maybe someone else saved him initially, but then Phil jumped in to do it earlier. Or he just, you know, passed. maybe just passed out but it, didn't die. It's also one of those things you're not supposed to think about, like the fact there's a train that comes through town. <laughs> <laughs> there's a train station? out the window when he's on the phone at the gas station like he could get out of town if he wanted to and then people were like well why doesn't he leave town he does in the script but those
0: were pointless parts of the script yeah and i think that's it's interesting and you know that that bring that reminds me of uh, the other question that i've been asking everybody because um, i've been asking people you know there is a lot of days that we don't see Mm-hmm. And um, if there was a day that, that you think Phil had to have had that you would have liked to have seen, kind of like a, a deleted scene. And so far, several people have said that they wanted to see like a montage of him trying to leave the town.
1: That would be interesting early on.
0: Yeah. Um, um, as far as, as you, what, what would you say would be?
1: My my impulse when you said that question was it had to actually to do with the French stuff uh because of rita i would love to see the moment where he's actually trying to learn french (laughs) and then just like later we see him in the diner and music's on like then he hears the belgian songs like nah screw french i'm just gonna quote that and see what happens (laughs) because it doesn't matter if it goes badly if it goes badly he can just try again but he's certainly going to take as you said the easy way first
0: Yeah. And and I've, I, and I mentioned that on the day um, too, whenever he has Mm -hmm. like the books of French poetry yeah. and uh, Sean was the guest at the time. And he's like, well, do you think that he learned French so that he could read the French poetry? And my answer to that was no, he wouldn't learn French until he absolutely need to. He would just fake it until he, until he felt like, well, maybe I do need to learn at least a little bit of French.
1: Yeah, the, the, the best like that, the best evidence that he doesn't learn French in the movie is that she says, oh, you speak French because okay. it, all, it ma- all that matters is her response. Yeah, she didn't demand more. She didn't be like, oh, keep going.
0: And, and all he says is keep... we, which is the, the one French word that everybody knows. <laughs> right. right. Well, uh, that that's about the end of my notes, unless there was anything else that you had that you wanted to say about this specific loop.
1: I'm trying to think because the beginning of this loop is the moment I talked about when I was on Groundhog Minute. And so I'm like looking at my notes for that. I'm like, (laughs) what didn't I get to say there? And there's so much, but then I'm also going to have my own show related to this. And so I don't know what needs to be said now. I think what matters, and it's come up several times, is I don't think it matters if you count the days. I don't think it necessarily matters where specific loops begin or end. But what matters is what is Phil getting out of them. And I think this one gives him a genuine experience with another person. It doesn't matter even that it's Rita. It's Rita because a movie needs to have very few characters we spend a lot of time with. But it matters that he has a genuine experience with her and then feels better. Because he's gotten past the depression. But until this loop this loop ends, he isn't doing anything else yet. And that until he decides to be better, which is what comes next... He just would have dropped back into that same loop again because, I mean, depression doesn't just go away. Mm-hmm. He's probably prone to it. He's a miserable guy who works at a news station. As he's got a great job, but he is the worst about it. He thinks he's too good for it, and that's not going to make him happy in his day to day
0: life. Yeah, exactly. I'm, you know, I, I I have brought up that I feel like Phil at the beginning of the movie had a lot of self self-loathing
1: yes and and my old sentiment in my blog and I was so happy when I came up with it and then I kept saying it throughout is that Phil isn't trapped in a time loop in Punxsutawney Phil was trapped in his life in Pittsburgh yeah and so the whole point of the movie is he's not trapped anymore he just has to figure that out and this this day is when that starts to happen so this that's why I requested this this loop
0: yeah well you know i'm i'd like to, to thank you for for joining me I, it was uh i feel like it was a great discussion um i'm glad to, yeah. to hear your thoughts on on this as a uh, you know as more or less like a groundhog day expert <laughs> <laughs> people have emailed me out of nowhere to ask me questions about this movie so yeah <laughs> um but as, as far as, uh, you know, I, I know that you've uh, got your hand in a lot of projects. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to give the floor to you. Whatever whatever projects you'd like to plug or, or promote, um, go ahead and let everybody else know where you, they can find your work online.
1: Well, you can find links to all of this stuff at lemmingdrops.com or if you want to go straight to the blog, you can go groundhogdayproject.com. But as far as projects... Upcoming as we record this, I don't know how upcoming once this goes out because I haven't set a start date yet, I will be also be covering Groundhog Day, but minute by minute, along with two other movies, I'm doing a sort of tied together trilogy I have invented of Ex Machina, Groundhog Day, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and I will be connecting those episodes together sort of. So like minute one of each one, I might have the same guest or talk about the same themes. Or try to. And so I will definitely have to have you as a guest, by the way, once you're dealing with time loops and everything. And I will be dealing with like a different time loop each week of Groundhog Day Project minute by minute. I will have a time loop of the week where I talk about other movies and TV shows because there are surprisingly my list is too many (laughs) to talk about if I do one per episode, which means I can leave off the really stupid ones. And that's great. But I can talk about some of my favorites, like, you know, repeaters is one that a lot of people haven't seen. I love that one. About drug addicts that get stuck in a time loop together. Oh, so good. But I, I, yeah, if you go to lemmingdrops.com, you find links to those shows. They will be starting, I don't know when this is going up, but they will be starting sometime in September, October of this year, 2021. Uh, Pilots will be up soon, and I'll know when that's happening later. But that's the thing to promote right now for me, because all my other shows are done. <laughs> I have done a lot of them, but they're all linked on the website, com. All right. And
0: yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, experiencing new time loops. I, I've seen a lot of time loop movies myself, but there's a mm-hmm. lot that I haven't. And I will definitely be referring back to your... Uh, imdb time loop list um yes. whenever i'm uh, making this, making the decision for future seasons of this show nice uh so i'll i'll be referring to that a lot and i'm i'm glad that's that that exists for me to, to to use as a resource and if you ever find any that are on there let me know i will add them of course. And. As always, I am Bubba Wheat, and you can find me at flights, tights, and movie nights.com. You can find me on Twitter at Bubbleweeds, and you can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, at anger.fm as well as anywhere else where you listen to podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group where you can discuss uh the episodes as they come out or just any time loop movies time loop tv shows uh just bringing just about any sort of discussion there that you'd like i'd, I'd like to see that continue to grow yeah i did it again i am <laughs> i'm still struggling to, to find a way to end the show and you know uh, hopefully like it like i've said before i'll have a better way, to, other than, you know, I'll see you on the next loop. <laughs> I got you, on, I got you, I'm a god. Boom! Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Boom!
1: I I was actually surprised that you said 27 at the beginning of this, because I figured you'd have a longer count than me. I mean, I know you're doing it by episode, and you wouldn't add episodes for the stuff we don't see, but my minimal count, this is 28.
0: Um, oh, I, it is day 28. And, I, I just... Okay. Uh, I copied and pasted and I did not <laughs> correct myself. Oh, I, I did not to change it. that number. Fix so, it in post. Yeah, exactly.
1: But,